0: Hey everyone, it's Dan. Welcome to One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980. A minute-by-minute podcast covering Zombie Lake and Burial Ground. Last time we did a little... well, first time last time, we did a little background on zombies. We did the first minute of Zombie Lake and we did the first minute of Burial Ground. We're going to do a switcheroo here and we're going to start with Burial Ground and then Zombie Lake. So we left off Burial Ground, end of the first minute, the guy... With the gorgeous beard and the piercing eyes Is looking at his stone With the hieroglyphic type things on it He's got his paper with ruins nearby And he's the only one who knows the secret It's incredible But it's true Let's dive in It must be the beard has left the building again I love the sort of structure one of the things with burial ground okay I do this sometimes I don't finish my sentences but I'm going to back it up the first time I saw burial ground aka the nights of terror or is that the night of terrors the nights of terror but there's only one night it only takes place in one night well I guess this is the first night What was I talking about? How are you? Uh, So when uh, when I first saw this, back in uh, late 89 through 1990, early 91, myself and my friends in high school, I was junior, senior in high school. We would go to uh, my friend Matt Tobin's house because his parents would go out of town like every month and a half or so. So we'd have an all night thing there. And Matt and myself, sometimes with our friends Eric Zidel and Nick Spade and Jason Sheehan We'd go to the local blockbuster We'd go to local shows to go, whatever was open The Wegmans And we rent a bunch of movies, generally horror movies And I remember very specifically during those times Watching like Bad Taste And I Spit on Your Grave And uh, Buried Alive A.K.A. You know, Beyond the Darkness And Don't Go in the Woods And this one I remember very clearly us watching this film and having a heck of a time with it. And one of the joys of it is this strange structure. So it starts off for 30 seconds. You get this guy in this cave. He carves out this thing. Then for the next minute, you get him sitting in a room. He makes his announcement to himself. And then the next 30 seconds is him going back out in the middle of the night with a flashlight and some sort of equipment, presumably back to the cave. And... I love it because one would think that a, I don't want to say better, but but a more efficient way of doing it would be to have him in the cave, find th- the thing, pull the paper out of his pocket, look at, you know, maybe with a light, look at the pocket, look at the, the paper, look at the thing, look at the thing, goes, oh my gosh, it's true, and then have whatever's supposed to happen to him in the cave happen rather than have him in the cave, leave, in the, because you're, you, you watch it and you go, wait a minute, he's going back? It's only been a minute. Why is it it's we're less than 2 minutes in and he's going what? And the weird thing about the minute 2 is that he steps out of this um building and we haven't we only see the side of the building. We see a nice big door, it looks like a pretty big building, lots of um interesting sort of uh, iron rod ironish things along the windows and such. It looks interesting. We'll see more of it shortly. And he steps out with his flashlight and he goes and he's walking along. And it's great because he's sort of walking towards a um, uh, he he's walking down a path and at the end of the path it's it's like all treed in. But at the very end there's like like a like um almost a loaf of bread shaped light that he's walking towards. Which is cool. It sort of reminds me of um uh like uh, uh is it uh Devil's Express Gang Wars? Uh, when the um I am I getting that wrong? That is kind of a zombie in it. It does. Although he, he, that just rips people apart. And But that like there there are scenes in that where like the camera's in like wherever the cave it's in. I like, it could be Bronson Canyon. I, I I don't think it is. Whatever cave it's in, in Devil's Express, where, like, the camera is, like, moving towards the entrance of the cave, and it's, like, this shakiness, and you just see all darkness, but this little open space with daylight moving towards us, and that's what it looks like here, and it's pretty cool. The the music is wonderful, and it gives an eeriness to, even though we have no idea what's going on, who this guy is, where he is, why he was in that cave, what anything has to do with anything, why he thinks that after he took the stone out and he examined it, why he has to go there now rather than waiting till the morning. I mean, I understand if, here's, here's, his, here's the here's After he says, like, it must be true, it must be, it cuts to a shot of the lamp that he's going to be using, the light, lanterny light lamp thing. And then the camera zooms back real quick and you see him stand up from his desk. And I never noticed before, look at that room he's in it's all like like um, drawers like scientificy type file drawers like all the way up the screen I mean it's like you can't see anything else it's all these drawers and one of them has like a strange cloth with like red writing on it and I couldn't quite make out what was going on uh, on it, but that's kind of intriguing that that was there. They don't really focus on it much, but I I never quite... I always thought he was in, like, uh, he is in an office, but I didn't realize that he's in almost like some strange Brazil-type bureaucratic, like, these drawers going up for a 100 feet or something, and I love it. And he steps out. There's a great shot of him uh, stepping out into, like, a hallway, going down some steps with, like, a red carpet on it. It looks very um uh regal it looks very castle like uh i i it's it's not it's not a castle if i'm remembering correctly I, we'll we'll all get there together, but it looks very regal it looks very big and and he steps out and i just love it there's there's an eeriness to it and there is a feeling of what is going on there and and' it's like sometimes say say if this were a slasher film you know what where it was going towards like there's gonna be some crazy killer there or something like that but with this we've just seen a guy with a stone and he looked at something and went hey look at that and then he you know it's like we're we, we we know here obviously this this that he's going towards some sort of zombie something's there but still it's it's where are they are they in that space he was in are they all around him are they in the house what's what's going on There's a wonderful eeriness to it Yes, his gigantic beard is distracting. And I I hesitate to say they did that on purpose. Maybe they thought this is th- maybe they shot the original scenes and they were like like Andrea Bianchi sat down there and he was like to the producers this is too scary. People aren't going to be able to handle this. Well, what do we do? How about we give him a gigantic beard? Perfect. We'll delay shooting for about four months. We'll let him grow out his beard, and then we'll start up again. Okay, I'll make Melabimba the malicious whore in that space. Perfect. Is that how you pronounce that? Oh, Andrea. Oh, Big A, Andy. So, well, the the great thing... Okay, I'll, I'll wrap this one up here, because there really isn't that much that goes on here. It, it really you're still in the dark as to what is going on at least at the end of the zombie lake first minute, you get the feeling this woman's going swimming. But this guy, you don't quite know. The the one thing at the end of it is, so you see him walk out of the house, it's very dark. And then as he's walking down this this sort of tree-covered path, it's day for night. It's pretty good day for night, though. I mean, it isn't like he isn't blacked out or anything like, you know, you can't, uh, his face isn't all in shadow, and you can just see, like, daylight poking through the trees, like, say, like, it's all a good night or something like that. But he's walking through, and it's clearly the middle of the day. And there's a great moment where he's walking, and you sort of see the light. And then it looks like the light goes out. And my first thought was, he suddenly realized, oh, wait, it's noon. And he turned the light off. But I don't think he really did do that. But he is walking towards a really bright space. And I'm dying to know, I, part of me says that it isn't, it it part of me says that maybe the place is is sort of shrouded in trees so it's kind of darkish anyways during the day so but he has the light because he's going in a cave but he has the light on it as as he's walking down the path so apparently it is meant to be nighttime which means he's very uh excited and he's going to check into this maybe at a time when he shouldn't although if he's discovered the secret and the secret is a horrible thing that i don't think it matters what time that's one of the things with zombies is unlike most of the monsters and such that it didn't matter it's day night whatever day of the dead dawn of the dead night of the dead yep there you go so night of the living dead of course so that is minute two of burial ground and yeah we got the beardy guy with his light and some equipment moving towards some sort of secret we're going to find out what that is soon But let's go hit zombie lake we're by the lake we have this lovely plaintive um, not quite melancholy but sort of musac-y stuff playing and we got this gorgeous brunette um, uh, unbuttoning her shirt in a gazebo but let's do it <laughs> Of high def. I did. There are clothed sequences for for this uh, sequence and the volleyball sequence later on. They used to do that a lot in um, the Eurocine films and such, where they would shoot a sequence. Uh, Jess Franco used to do it a lot too. They would shoot a scene with uh, a naked. Um, gal. And then they would put clothes on her for another. See, Paul Nashe did that a lot. Jacinto Molina uh, did that a lot in his films. And this has an alternate sequence with the gal in sort of uh, kind of like a lacy white bra and some big old granny panties. The, the Blu-ray says it's it's to sell it to television. I don't know why they don't cut out the rest. That there, there. I don't know why there isn't more of the sequence where she's nude, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, with her being clothed. But we just see her getting in the water, which is not for a minute or more from now. Maybe two minutes from now. I don't know. But yeah, so if you're wondering, hey, Dan, talk about the clothed sequence. Who, really, who Who of you is really saying that? I was saying that. That's why I looked into it. But the clothed that's on the Blu-ray is not um, part of this minute. But what I'm going to do now, so wh- what we get in this minute is, she takes her clothes off. She turns away from the camera. She gives a bit of a stretch in the gazebo. You see her kind of looking over the edge of the gazebo. She holds up her bathing suit which looks nothing like this this thing that she wears in the the clothes version. And then she proceeds to uh leave the gazebo and at the very end of the minute the camera pans down from the sun to her lounging And you just see it briefly lounging on a uh on a on a on a a tree the fallen tree yeah she's uh she's gorgeous i don't i don't know that i you know um it's it's funny i'm actually looking at the beginning of the minute here and i'm looking at it with the alternate english credits so i give the english credits right here and and there's a moment where she's she's undoing her shirt And like her hair is in front uh, Almost in front of her face Kind of And for a second I thought she had a huge beard Like Mr. Beardy Weirdy In the burial ground minutes But having said that I'm just going to go through the minute We still have credits rolling So I just want to hit some of the credits So what do we have? So here she is She's taking off some clothes She got her sandals off She looks great I mean she's So here we go Story: Julian Esteban. Screenplay: Al Mar Mariu. One of those folks is Jess Franco because Jess Franco was originally supposed to do this. Uh, he did. He did not. He did like eight other films in 1980 instead. I'm kidding, of course. He did decide to do *Oasis of the Zombies* instead. And you're so mm, *Oasis of the Zombies*. Uh, now that I'm looking, wait one moment. I I'm, we're going to check into it in a bit, but. The shorts she has on here might actually be what she's wearing when she wades into the water. I thought they were much bigger when I saw them. I thought, those are huge. But that could be. They, she could be wearing those. We'll find out. When she actually wades into the water, we will compare the clothes to what's happening here. So I could have been wrong about her wearing huge granny panties. She just might be wearing those short shorts. And from that angle, they didn't look so great. So there. So thank you, Julian. Thank you, A. L. And their the shorts are off, and she's, uh, she's nude, and um, uh, and she's enjoying life. She has a uh, um, oh, forgive me. She has like a pearl necklace around her neck. I'm so sorry. Photography Max Mont Mont, Mont- Montier. Thank you, thank you, Max. The sub submarine sequence by, and I imagine that means underwater, as in under the water layer rather than in a submarine. Henry Alliette, with the collaboration of ComX Pro. Thank you, ComX Pro, for doing a submarine sequence in Zombie Lake. Hi, I'm with ComX Pro. We did the Zombie Lake underwater sequence. Get him in here. Let's do it. So uh, we're going through the minute, and there she is. She's stretching, and she's having a good time, and I'm having a good time. And so, yeah, so we cut now. We're on the other side. Su- Oh, there's her shirt. Her shirt is suddenly hanging on the side of the gazebo. I didn't see her put it there, but it's hanging there now. And yeah, so she goes in the purse to try to take her um, uh, clothes out. Production manager Marius LeSueur. Thank you, Marius. Uh, I'm I'm sure Marius had a great time here. Yeah, she's... Script. I imagine that's like script supervisor. Ilona Kunisova. And... (laughs) in true, in true Euro City fashion I forgot that she doesn't go around the gazebo completely nude, she climbs over the gazebo so we can enjoy her and so now we're at the end of the minute Makeup, Christiane Sauvage and the minute ends with it panning down, panning down, panning down oh my gosh, there she is on the thing and she's nude, laying out in the sun she's very evenly suntanned I'm not going to take away points for tan lines uh, she, all the way around. It's all the way around with her. So that's the minute. There's, I mean, you, you'd be forgiven the the sort of strange, incoherent eeriness of burial ground makes you think, where is he going? What's going on? You know that she's going to the lake. You're, you're pretty positive that she's going to the lake from sort of the half bathing suit she kind of held up. So you kind of know she's going there. And you know it's secluded because she's nude, although it is France. And um, you di- you saw the lake earlier, so you you figure she's heading there. Uh, but she stopped off to lay out in the sun a little bit. I hope she has some sort of lotion on or something you don't want to risk. She's very... She's very... Yeah, I'm just, you don't want to risk anything. You want to... You know, the sun can be harmful. And so, yeah, so the the minute ends with her like lying on a log and she... I will say this. I just noticed this here. Let me just let me just back it up. Me, whoa! I just um. So she's climbing over the thing. Yeah, she loses her necklace at some point. I don't know where her necklace goes. She's nude. I'm not unless she put her necklace like unless it's hanging um from like a, a branch or something like that. I'm gonna look right here. I know what you're saying, Dan. You're just looking to see the beautiful naked woman on the log again. No, I'm not. This is a podcast, and this is akin to, you know, at. I, uh, I, 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 on at the moment research like like right now like cinema verite style research but for a podcast so yeah no i don't see your necklace anywhere i don't know where it went okay well there you go that's that's this minute folks Uh, a woman gets nude and and lays on a log and loses her pearl necklace i'm sorry so we have two very different kind of things going on we have this sort of I don't know if it's quite strings. It, it feels almost Mellotron-y, synthesizer-y to me. Uh, Daniel White's score. i following this beautiful woman who's lounging around nude, going out to the lake. And then you have this big beardy-weirdy guy who might be in the middle of the night or might be in the middle of the day and forgot he was there and has his light on. Who knows? But... We're moving towards something, folks. That guy's going back, presumably to that cave or whatever he was in, and she, after lounging for a bit, will be going to the lake. So let's hold on, because I promise, zombies abound. Maybe that'll be my tagline. Zombies abound. No, I need a better tagline. Okay, folks. Here, Um, listen to this.